We are All live. right, we are live. Come on in, champion parents, champion viewers, champion citizens. All right. Yes, I'll read Hello, uh, champion parents, and welcome to Parenting in Rhythm. And yes, you have guessed it, we have changed our name uh, from Mommy Talk. So we are parenting parenting in rhythm now. Uh, please engage with us while we, uh, while we, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm having a uh, difficulty and I'm here this evening, but please uh, engage with us this You're not evening. Having difficulty. You're awesome. You're fabulous. Look at her pink glasses, her pink scarf. Yeah, I'm trying to get in, uh, get in, in, in the mood for Wednesday. I'm trying to get prepared, you know. Okay. Oh, what's um, happening Wednesday? Uh, the in inauguration. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, go ahead. Yep. So, um, but yes, please uh, chime in. Uh, come on, share this live with your your uh, followings, with your family and your friends. Um, this is a very important topic that we're going to uh, discuss this evening. Um, but as always, we are here to share information and resources to inspire positive uh, parental engagement. Um, let's start the conversations um, that will help and increase uh, parent knowledge. Um, it is evident that parents who are informed on how to approach situations that they may encounter with their children can reap the benefits of positive parental engagement and it can help uh, effectively raise uh, their children. The goal of parenting in rhythm is to uplift, inform, engage both mothers and fathers and all parents, all those who act as um, parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles, cousins, friends, godparents, uh, you are all included. Uh, the goal is again to uplift and inform. And again, we share information and resources. I have to share that uh, because I think it's important that we uh, continue our network of communicating and sharing information and uh, that village, the whole village uh, behavior, village mentality. So we have Dr. Pert. Uh, Dr. Pert is with us, uh, but she's just not on camera. Dr. Pert. Is she with us? Okay, so how's everybody? Hey, good evening. Good evening. And then uh, Miss April. Hey. All right, and myself, Miss Lisa. And I am excited that we have champion parent Nicole Key. Wave to Hi, the good evening. Hello, parents and family and village. Yes. Yeah, so we have uh, champion mom, Nicole Key. Uh, Nicole is a Detroit resident, whoop, whoop. DPSCD educator. Whoop, whoop. Again, uh, Dr. Purd and Miss April, uh, myself, we are very familiar with uh, being a DPSCD uh, educator. Um, Nicole is an undergraduate um, of Hampton University. Uh, she has a master's in business administration, uh, relocated to uh, Detroit from Atlanta. Thank you for that. Come on back home. She uh, relocated in uh, 2013. She left corporate America to uh, pursue a career that would allow, listen, this is a champion parent phrase, but that would allow her more 
family time and life balance. We all need that. Um, more family time and life balance. Um, Nicole is also a PTA uh, president of Friends of Edmondson Elementary. And she's also the vice president of Detroit Public Montessori Community. Awesome. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here this evening with you ladies. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and before we get into uh, our conversation, I just want to share a couple of fun facts. Um, so if you guys, before I begin to uh, just share this is real quick um, uh, sharing, um, but if you can remember the Cosby show where uh, uh, Dr. Huxtable and Theo had their uh, scenario, they played a scenario out. It was with the, I think it was, was it a Monopoly game? Um, but it was to kind of teach him how, teach him the, the understanding of when you get paid uh, from your job, you know, that there's responsibilities that go along with the money you make. There's sometimes there's very, very little um, money that you could spend, you know, from your paycheck sometimes, depending. So pretend play and the imagination are important for cognitive development. So if you think of, of terms of uh, pretend play in young children and creating scenarios for visualization purposes for the older children, pretend play and or scenarios help children and teens to reflect and reevaluate their own cognitive behavior and thought process. It is also beneficial in gaining a deeper understanding of the mindset. This can be done according to unique and individual situations. This can be a fun thing to do with the family. So create a plan, be intentional, build up the anticipation and uh, make it a date. So uh, I just, I had to go back to, um, again, that scenario when Theo, um, he felt, you know, I think he was making, he, you know, making some money or something, but uh, Dr. Hustable was just trying to explain to him, well, you know, if you work in a job, these are the different things that you may have to pay. And it, it definitely uh, deepened his, uh, his thought, his thought process, process. Oh, mm. yeah. Hallelujah. Episode because it, even as a child, it helped me to reflect like, dang, you got to make so much money to live the luxury that you feel like you want to live. And um, although you right. help me reflect, it really didn't hit me until I actually had to do it myself. So you can look at other people like, oh, okay, it helps you take you to yes. one point, but it won't be a slam dunk until you actually have to do it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was a reality check. It was a reality check, but it was also, I think it was also inspiring because it wasn't like, you know, you can't, you know, but it's like, listen, you know, you, it's time for you to start gaining a focus on what adult life is going to be like. So anyway, um, I'm going to turn it over to Miss April. Oh, hi. Yeah, thank you, Miss Lisa, as always. Miss Beautiful, Lisa in pink. Um, so uh, I have a few questions that we want to begin to ask. Um, are children behind as a result of the pandemic? Do you feel like, you know, um, Ms. Adams, that the children are behind? Are they lacking anything? Will it be any um, sort of unpreparedness in the fall when the children eventually return, hopefully in the fall? Did y'all hear me? Yes, we heard you. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I was directing my question at you. I'm sorry, Ms. Adams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's um, Nicole Key. And um, absolutely, um, definitely, I feel that in the fall and throughout the rest of the school year, there will definitely be some uh, sense of the, of the students being behind. Um, as a mom, I sense it myself. I know where my child is supposed to be um, based on the um, designated uh, status of say the district or the state or government, people who are not actually in classrooms. Um, and I and I definitely see it in my own child, as well as an educator, I see it in other children. So I definitely feel like students will be behind. They were behind this year when they started um, from because the pandemic started in March. So we definitely saw some loss there. And I feel that it will definitely be prevalent when the fall in the fall of 2021. Okay, great, great. And my apologies. I'm looking at the wrong outline. That's why I called you Ms. Adams. Ms. Adams will be with us next week. So you're <laughs> our Nicole Keith. So my apologies. So um, is this a demographic issue? Do you feel like that um, it just depends on the demographics as far as where, where a child stays? Are they urban or suburban? Um, do you think demographics play a part? Well, for me, I, I don't think that demographics play a part as it, it plays a part where it's you're going to see a greater um, a greater loss in more urban areas. But having um, friends that across this country um, and, and we know where where children where children are going through because of the pandemic um, and, and there are certain situations. However, you are going to see it probably throughout. Uh, uh, all different races, diversity, uh, economic statuses. However, how it's handled is what is going to be key. How uh, the school districts, the parents, the villages, the community, how it's handled to get the children to where they need to be. Or if it's something that we just need to take steps to saying, okay, everybody slow down. We're going to get there when we get there. So it's about the handling of it, um, I think, which is going to be key. Um, but definitely all children everywhere are being affected by this. I know several children that are in the are in Catholic school. They're still in school every day. Um, or they may be hybrid or they may be face-to-face -face every day. So their learning is continuing. Oh, um, so they may be compared different than, say, someone at a public school who may be all virtual at this time. But definitely children from all levels, all creeds races are being affected by this mm -hmm. i feel like it definitely alters them from whatever um i'm sorry can you hear me yeah oh i can hear you i think it's just a delay or something yeah oh, okay i didn't sure if you heard me but i think that it definitely um deviates from the set schedule or the set um curriculum you know, having to modify things, even online, even the kids that are in person because there's so much responsibility on the teachers having to keep kids up vir virtually. Because some, even though you have in-person, they still are responsible for the kids that are both in-person and the kids that are chose to do it um, virtually. So you got to kind of sync those together. So I think, you know, it's a type of delay, but kids are being more creative, parents are being more creative. And I think it's necessarily gonna be, um, we're gonna be off curriculum, but it probably is some games that will be um, happening as far as, you know, academics, as far as um, 
you know, the children. Like you can gain, um, get more closer with your parents and your, your family, more family oriented. And you can get more creative around the house with different things that you can do. And then of course our children will be more um, advanced technologically. Yes. You know, all these different things they got to do. I'd be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't yeah. have kids that have to be online. So I couldn't even imagine or fathom having to keep up with that. You know what, and I want to add, and thank you, uh, both of you, uh, Nicole, I like what you said that, you know, we'll get there when we get there. And then um, even what you were saying, you know, you have to look at the other things that, you know, kids may be uh, behind in the curriculum, but there are other things that they are advancing um, in right now. And I think the world needs to look at that because the question is why is there such a big focus on children being um, behind academically when the entire world is behind right now? I mean, we're all behind. We, we've all been um, set back. And sometimes when you have to play uh, catch up, you know, it's just, it's not as successful. I think that people should just, you know, really just kind of focus on moving ahead and moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Focus on being more optimistic than pessimistic. Like, okay, yeah. I already know, we yeah. don't keep saying that we're gonna be behind. We already know this, but what can we do to move forward? Yeah. yeah, so I have a question about that because I definitely hear the argument that children are behind, but when we say behind, what do we mean behind? Well, uh, I feel like it may be referred to our curriculum because, you know, the school has a set curriculum or pacing chart that you have to do yeah. every school year. So you may not get to that whole pacing chart due to the alterations and the different things that's needed in virtually <laughs> versus in person because the pacing chart, I'm sure, is built for face-to-face. So we have to deviate from that. So that's what I, I feel that people, when they say they may be behind, they may not be um, on target with the school pacing chart or the curriculum. Okay, and so I guess what does that mean if the students are behind based on a curriculum by a school district or the state standards? What does that mean? Because I think it just, sometimes that parents out there kind of feel like, oh, my child won't be successful because of a curriculum that they may have not have mastered or because of a state or a set of standards by the state. So basically when we have these conversations, I tend to think outside of the box and I want parents out there to know that you should not allow a school district or the state to make your child feel like they're not capable and start putting all of these um, names or negative prophecies on them and labeling them based upon a set of standards or curricula. I think that's unfair to the child. I think that everybody develops at different levels in their life. And I can use myself as an example because when I graduated from school, high school, I was reading on a first grade level and my writing was on a first grade level and I didn't develop my skills uh, until the college said, okay, you're gonna take some remedial courses. Until so you went I, to Alabama State. Yes, Alabama State. And I oh, I owe them everything. And I just kind of feel like, well, we hear, when you start to have conversations that, oh, my child is behind, parents start to get into, oh, my child is not college ready. And that right there is false. And I don't want parents out there to feel like because your child is not mastering or 
meeting a set of performance at a particular time in their life, it doesn't mean that they're not college ready. Right. I, I agree. I agree. But I think that the consistency when you say you're behind, I think it's a reflection of the curriculum. It doesn't necessarily, well, it probably does have a negative connotation, but we can kind of twist it. Like you said, that just because you don't meet each objective don't mean you won't be successful. You know, um, just because you're a little bit behind on the curriculum doesn't mean you won't be successful. You know, I just think it's just a standard phrase or term to- And that's- mm -hmm, Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm not, and, and that's gonna be the responsibility of these districts, of these teachers, to emphasize to the to students, hey, we had a pandemic. You know, yes, you may not be writing, for example, my, my son, you may not be writing cursive, but you definitely know how to open up a Google Doc and Google Slide and create your own documents, mm -hmm. which is which is current day and cursive is not. Um, so that is an example. Uh, the state of Michigan has the Michigan reading law. So to that, that negative connotation was there, was hanging over our heads before the pandemic started. It's like, if you're not reading at a certain level at third grade, that they're gonna start looking at you a different way or consider you behind. And so the same fight that we were fighting with that is gonna have to come into play even more so with this pandemic because it's gonna happen. It's going to happen where, oh, your child is behind. Oh, well, they're they're on second grade level, um, even though they're going into fourth grade. There was a whole year that the child may have been at home and every parent is not an educator. Every parent doesn't have time to sit down with the student. So it's definitely gonna be up to us as parents, as parent champions and advocates to push these school board, these school districts at these school board meetings when things go back to normal, which there we will never be normal again. There is a new normalcy. So we have to help create that. We have to get involved, get involved in our PTA meetings, get involved by going to our school board meetings and and be advocates for our children. Yeah, so I agree with you, Sharon, that um, it's key. Just to piggyback off what you said, I really believe that it's important for parents to get involved with the PTSA. Because if you're involved with the PTSA, you have a say-so, you can kind of gauge what your child needs and do with best interest with your children. Because the PTSA are parents that are um, trying to fulfill the needs of their kids, of their cho the children, the students that are in the school. So PTSA is very important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, um, just to even uh, piggyback on the uh, letting the districts know, um, voicing the concerns to the district, um, the lawmakers, you know, because unfortunately, when they say things like that, it does sometimes continue, it does uh, tend to uh, affect the um, demographics of mostly our brown and black children the inner city, um, because most of the schools in the uh, suburbs, they, you know, even when the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of them were already using the virtual platforms. Mm -hmm. um, there were certain schools, you know, or the higher performing schools, I'll say, even they were already using um, the virtual platforms or a lot of technology. So they already had, you know, the resources that they needed. And then when it hit us, you know, um, we were, you know, trying to, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, well, how to get this person, even not even just engaged, but how to get them connected, you know, and we're still battling how to get some kids connected because they were given laptops and um, the laptops that they were given, you know, um, 
are, you know, a lot of kids are having uh, issues with the camera. They're having issues with the, the audio. So it's, it's just a lot to consider, you know, and when they, and again, when it does start, we do, we have to continue to advocate and, you know, make our voices heard. And again, like you said, school board meetings, all of it, you know, and um, continue these communities, uh, the villages, uh, the conversations, all of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Parents play uh, an important part as well, too. We can't just look at the schools and say, you know, hey, my child this, my child this. It's a, it's parents' responsibility as well, too. Like for me, I'm helping my child. Like even though it's very challenging trying to juggle work as well as helping my child, and I do get frustrated because I'm like, oh, I got, I have to do my job as well as help my son but at the end of the day as a champion parent i know that if i want my child to succeed that i have to help them be successful so it's just not only on schools but parents play a role as well too you yeah. know what dr Pert? that's true uh parents uh parents play a role and and please believe me and understand when i say uh have these conversations with the districts and the state and the lawmakers, I, I, it's not just the parents' responsibility. It to me, it's it's everybody's responsibility. We're all stakeholders, uh, lawmakers, neighborhoods, communities. We are all stakeholders, and we all really need to just even go back to the wellness checks. Like right now, we're still in a pandemic. Wellness checks. You know, we need to make sure that everybody is okay, and and we do. We need to hold hands, come together. And, and build it up. So believe me, I, I, I don't think it's just the, the, the uh, at the hands of the district or the lawmakers. It's, it's definitely, you know, parents we have to do. But, you know, we have to hold other parents' hands as well because the educational expectations in different households are not the same. You know, I'm we are not the same. That point, Ms. Lisa, because definitely it's a collaborative effort. But let me present a question to um, Nicole. Uh, what about the parents who lack necessarily education? I don't know Ms. Lisa was um, going into that. What can we do to help with the parents who don't necessarily know about the resources or know how to move forward to get their um, children the necessary resources? Well, we continue to have meetings like this and coming together and we spread the word, uh, uh, each one teach one. Um, in order to get the word out, to invite other parents. Sometimes you have to make a friend. Uh, the kids make friends easily. So when yeah. you see that you have, the children are, are, are getting together, get together with those parents and make sure, hey, did you know that school, we got school tomorrow, you know that, right? Oh, we going back to school first face-to-face? -face? No, we're, we're online. Do you know how to get that? Ask those questions, drive them to that, have that information available. Um, even in our communities, it is important um, for us to do that. And something that uh, Lisa said, and Dr. Per is, is it's about um, with the advocacy of, of, yes, parents are responsible, but parents are also, like Elisa said, the stakeholders. We are the ones that get out and vote. We are the ones that should get out and vote to make sure that we have the right people in place to, to make the, the decisions for our children. So when we have people that are um, maybe low income or just, just work all the time, um, Detroit is a city where we're a 24 hour city. We have 
companies that are running 24 hours a day. So I have parents that may be on second and third shift that don't know what their children are doing, don't know if their children are going. So it's up to me as a teacher to make sure I know who those children are. And as well as the administrators, you learn a lot when you spend time with it, with the attendance lady too. So you know who exactly, why they're not coming to school, where they are or what's going on. So keeping your ear to the street and knowing what's going on in your community, is very important to get that information out. Um, social media is huge, but we all know that we have those grandparents at home that are helping, that they may not be as tech savvy. So there's also courses and different um, meetings. Like I know for DPSCD, they offer those parent academy classes to help the, the parent to be able to navigate through the technology as well. So those are options that are out there, but it's not just at the schools. There are all sorts of community organizations that offer these as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. I like that you address the fact that, you know, it's a collaborative effort and that's what we just keep saying over and re repetitive how everybody should band together to help each other um, to use available resources and platforms such as Parenting and Rhythm and the other platforms that are available to help parents with those resources. Um, so speaking about resources, what resources are available for both parents and children other than Parenting and Rhythm? Well, different resources that I know um, through the community right now, especially because of the pandemic, uh, you have resources through United Way. You also have resources through many of the community groups in Detroit, um, as far as the school groups, all the ones that are connected to the district are out there, as well as I know for a fact that Department of um, Parks and Rec, they still, even though their centers are, are somewhat closed down, they still have things available like Northwest Activity Center. They offer different um, programs, not just, they do food giveaways, but they also different programs to help people with technology. I know Focus Hope was doing something with technology. So there's all, it's all about having, um, wanting the information and getting out there and seeking the information. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, because there's resources stuff available. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, that that was good um, resources that you provided for the parents out there. I have three words, engagement, prioritize, and time management. It's important because there are a lot of resources out there for families that the schools are providing and that community agencies are providing, but it's important for families to engage. And it's also important as a mother, as a father, to prioritize your time to be involved in your child's life. Like I know we are all struggling, trying to manage online and working, mm -hmm. but if you can find at least 30 minutes outside a time of your day to check in with your child, to help them in areas that they need, you win it. Mm -hmm. I just think you just have to follow those three things, engage, engage, prioritize and time management you can do it. It, it people have to look for reasons why they can do something as opposed to why they can't we all in this struggle together mm -hmm. yes definitely we all in it together we all look all at home together and it's definitely an adjustment and um, a period of time that's different for us all but we're all adjusting and we're all doing the best we can and like dr pert said her three important points engagement 
prioritize and time management. Time management, yes. Keep that yeah. those. I, I love those three points. And I also I think with that, I will I want to tell parents, let your children be children. Let them, if they're supposed to be in school, let them go to school. Um, if you know that they have class from 8.30 to 3.10 in the afternoon, let them do that. Um, I understand that a lot of older children help with babysitting or help around the house and do all of these things. However, the more and more you pull your child into your adulting, the more you're taking them away from their being children and they are going to be behind. Mm -hmm. And it's because you're not allowing them to be in school because of your responsibilities as a parent. Don't let the child be an adult before it's time. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I wanted to address um, Ms. Dorothy Morton, our super champion parent. I was trying to think of a, another word. Yeah, super champion parent. She says, hello. Then we have another listener, Harriet Bryant. She says, she's so proud of us ladies and continue to keep the torch going and provide resources for our parents. So I did wanna address them and tell them thank you for tuning in with us this evening with our very special guest, Ms. Nicole Key. We appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole King is in his house. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Ms. Key, what are you uh, working on next? Well, currently I'm working on just um, number one, surviving. That mm -hmm. is number one, um, we are still in a pandemic and things are even possibly taking a turn as we don't have vaccinations uh, going out as we should. And we've got a new strain. So we're still hunkering down over my house. I don't know about anybody else, but we, we're still in the house. Um, so working on that, working on, on, on my, my child, um, like taking the 30 minutes. I get up, when I get off at four o'clock, uh, after school started at 4.15. So that means I'm sitting down. I have to go through this. And as much as tired as I am, it has to happen. Um, so that's con that's the constant, constantly working on that. Um, as an art teacher, because I teach K through eight art, I am looking into uh, implementing that because as children right now, they do have issues as far as dealing with all of this. Not only do we have a pandemic, but we have a country that's uh, uh, you know, with unrest and justice yes. and equality issues. So I find that art allows them to kind of let go of those things, also express those things. So adding some opportunities for children to virtually to be able to create them, uh, create and to uh, basically express themselves through art um, to help with the psychological effects of what's going on in the world today. Mm -hmm. So along with all my other little projects that I constantly have going on. Nice, sounds awesome. I wanted to add something uh, quickly. Um, uh, during the beginning of the uh, pandemic, um, Nicole, I looked forward to some of your uh, your uh, posts. And I think one of them you called it Keys Academy. Was that something? Oh, yes. <laughs> can, you, can you talk a little bit about how you uh, set up your learning environment? Um, if you don't mind, because I know this wasn't a question I, I prepped for, but um, if you can kind of share like the, the keys, uh, Academy and just some of the things, the ways that you set up your home, uh, to make it more of a learning environment, uh, to support, you know, during this time. Sure. So, um, we set up, we had a desk, my son has a desk in his room, but for whatever reason, he doesn't want to be there. 
So my mom actually found the the real like desk that at the school um, through Amazon. So we got him one of those. So that started off okay, but then it's not now the chair is not comfortable. So I'm constantly uh, it's a revolving. It's when the child I have to follow the child. So when I notice, oh, he's not sitting up straight. Okay, so now we got a new chair. The new chair just came yesterday. So we'll see how that goes. Creating it to be a comfortable area for him. Um, he has several areas that he can work in in the in the in the how in the home because like when when they're in school, they're not in one seat all day. It took me a minute to realize that. Like because I'm working, I'm like sit down, sit down, and it's like no, he's not going to sit down for eight hours as if he's going to a corporate job every day. That's not mm -hmm. gonna happen. So I had to create areas for him to get his things. I bought a cart because there was stuff everywhere um, because they need supplies. Um, I am a Amazon-aholic confession. Um, so <laughs> so it's every day, everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it really helped with my social distancing. Um, so if, if they sold it for school supplies and I felt like he needed it, I ordered it. And just to make it possible for him to actually function. And every day is not a good day. Mm -hmm. um, but I do try to Every day we say, okay, we're going to start over. I also make a schedule. We have a schedule posted. That schedule changes from the time he gets up. He should know what he's doing. And he may, helps make the schedule. So, and I made sure I had Wi-Fi. I made sure that I had the things, techn the technology available for him. Um, I did get the, the, uh, the tablet that was made available from the district. It lasted 35 days tops. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so so just imagine how those parents feel to like, okay, you said yours lasted 35 days and you, never you, worked. you were able to replace it. Just imagine how the parents yes. are who are at home who can't, can't. Exactly. Yeah, I was talking to a parent and she was saying how her child was having problems with the um, tablet. First he couldn't see, then he could see, <laughs> then here. So it was just mm -hmm. like a revolving issue. So yeah. yeah. And kids give up. Parents do too. They they like throw it out the window. Right. Because she watch like, TV. She her, her, her son to go back to school. That's exactly. Her, her recourse. Like just let him go back to school. Yep. Yep. So making it, making the environment um, for the child is important, I think. And I would, every day it was a new experience. And we just experienced it together. I have one child. Um, so we just experienced it together. I had to turn my teacher off and turn my parent on a lot of times and listen to like what his needs were. Um, if you didn't have a certain kind of paper. We are the ones that are mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Dr. Perk was, what were you saying, Dr. Perk? No, that was my phone. <laughs> I think so. No. That's why I was like, hurry up and click it off. You can tell by my eyes what I'm doing. I'm trying <laughs> to look and see if anybody else was saying anything, any final words for Miss Key, because you've given us a Can I just add, when you finish, I just want to add, um, and I, I'm sorry, Miss Dave, I just want to add oh, very quickly. So for those parents, um, I think everything that uh, Nicole, uh, Miss Key uh, has said um, it is great. Um, and, um, so please, uh, you know, do what you can follow the child, um, try to be as, um, inspirational and positive, uh, as possible. Um, but I also want to add, um, if there are some situations where there are some things that you need for your child and you cannot get, 
please contact your school and your district because there are resources. Again, you just have to say something. There are resources that are available uh, for parents who, you know, you need a computer. They are, they will loan you a computer at the different schools. And if the school doesn't have it, then again, contact the district. Yeah, they um, do have internet service too. Like if you don't have internet service at your house, they can set it up where you get a free internet provider. They're giving free yeah. uh, internet services. So there is, and then have some of the kids that don't have, um, and I really have to say this, and then I promise you I'm going to be quiet. But uh, some of the uh, parents, or I've heard of parents or uh, different households saying they didn't have uh, internet access or they didn't have uh, computers. Well, there's a lot of things that can be done from your child's cell phone. And half of these kids, listen, I got an Android. Half of these kids have iPhones. A lot of kids have iPhones. So uh, champion parents, um, if your child has an iPhone or if you have purchased an iPhone for your child, um, please make sure that they log into their classes and communicate with their teachers. You know, uh, don't let this this year uh, go away without uh, doing anything about it. So that's all I have to say. And keep surviving, like Miss King said. I'm really enjoying the information that you're sharing, Miss King. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we appreciate you for spending your evening with us. We know your day is cumbersome. And you got oh, it was a holiday today, so this was oh, yeah. my number one priority. <laughs> it was a holiday. Oh, we didn't say anything about Martin Luther King Day. Happy birthday! Uh, uh, happy birthday. Yes. His birthday was actually on the fifteenth. Today is the day we celebrate it, but yes, right. definitely an important day. Yes, yeah. I watched. Um, I did watch. Well, Dr. Martin Luther King isn't in it, but it still was inspirational. I watched a new movie with uh, Regina King, One Night in Miami, with um. Den, uh, not Denzel, but with Malcolm X and Jim, Jim, Jim Brown. Brown, Sam Cooke, yeah. and Muhammad Ali. Yeah, it yeah. was really phenomenal. Did you watch yeah. it? I started watching it. I've got to yeah, finish it. It yep. was phenomenal, very powerful, and I appreciate the collaborative efforts of the, the powerful Black men getting together to move African Americans forward. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yes. So, take it away, Miss Lisa. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. So again, um, my apologies and big, big, big respect uh, to A. King, to Martin Luther King. Um, so happy uh, MLK Day. I hope and pray that uh, families uh, took this opportunity to engage in some type of um, community service event, whether it was something that you view with your children or with yourself or whatever on TV. I hope you were able to uh, partake in something. Um, because there were a lot of things out there. Um, I have not watched A Night in Miami, I believe it is, but I plan, I'm getting ready to pick my daughter up from work. Uh, we are watching it this evening. Uh, so remember, uh, champion parents, uh, first of all, I want to thank Nicole Key for coming. Um, love you to pieces. I, I just, you are inspirational. You need to know this. You're very inspirational. Um, your post, just your viewpoint. Uh, the way you uh, raise your son with his energetic self. I love it. Hey, Dylan. I love the way that you're creative and how you said that you provide the supplies for him as needed. And it's revolving. Yes. Like, okay, he needed this desk. Okay, that didn't work. He needed this desk. And you yes. actually recognize that he doesn't sit down eight hours a day. Because, you know, most kids have recess. They have this, yeah. you know. So you make accommodations. Yeah. So that's very awesome, champion parent. Thank yeah. you. 
And so from one former art teacher, that is my love. I went to Central State for art education and elementary education. I'm uh, not teaching art any longer, but however, my students will tell you, I sneak art in every moment I get, you know, so uh, I, I appreciate you and just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. So remember, uh, champions, champion parents, if you are interested in chatting with us, feel free that you are able to share uh, what works for you. Uh, remember, it's about our village. It's about communicating. And I must say, we all have talents. We all have gifts. These gifts were given to you. They are not for you to harbor and to keep to yourself. You are supposed to share your gifts in service. Amen. So please share your gifts if you have some uh, gifts to share to all champion parents. Uh, please email us if you are interested in chatting with us and you know, sharing your awesome works. Uh, we are in this together, as Dr. Pert said over and over again. It's so true. We're in this together as champion parents. We'd like to take this time to thank all of our viewers today for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your support. Be safe. Wear your mask. Use your hand sanitizer still. Pay attention to the CDC guidelines and remember to practice effective social distancing and until next time thank you yep, until next time thank you bye-bye bye-bye